Welcome back to the Anime Boston Podcast, where every now and then we sneak you in some cultural education through the guise of anime and manga. Which, speaking of, today we have a really great episode featuring host and podcast Mitch, and he is going to teach you all about how to discover the rich history of Japan through anime. Yeah, did you know that next time your parents kind of just be like, why do you gotta watch cartoons all the time? You can say, hey, it's a history lesson, so what, what? But actually, there are some anime that do show some pretty great historical and cultural aspects of Japan that could be a really good gateway into learning more about those events. So buckle up, put your textbooks open, and get ready to learn a thing through anime. We have a lot of fun watching anime. Besides the fun and entertainment, Anime provides a close-up view of the Japanese culture, which we do not get with other cultures. But it also provides a great look at Japanese history. While our educational system provides a good background of American and some European history, it mostly overlooks the history of the rest of the world. In school, what we learn of Japan is that Japan opened up to the West in 1868 by Admiral Perry, bombed Pearl Harbor in 1941, received two atom bombs in 1945, and provided inexpensive items to the world with the Made in Japan label throughout the 60s and 70s. Oh, there's also a mention of fast bullet trains. That's it. Thousands of years of history boiled down to two sentences. But anime sheds light on all of this history in a fun way. I'm going to look at five anime titles which give me much insight on Japanese history. Inuyasha is an anime which most of us have seen as it has been on television for many years. In it, we are taken back to Japan's feudal era or warring states era. The correct name is actually the Sengoku era some 500 years ago. If we remove the proliferation of demons featured in each episode, what we are left with is a populace of feudal subsistence farmers controlled by regional shoguns or military lords. Wars and fighting are always happening, making life quite difficult. On several occasions, farmers will comment about getting the rice crop planted and having a successful harvest, because if that did not happen, you didn't eat. There was no convenience store down the street to buy instant ramen. And then there's the occasional injection of Japanese history. Kagome is really excited about meeting someone named Oda Nobunaga. We have never heard of him here, but every Japanese student knows this very famous historical figure called the Great Unifier, who helped bring an end to the Warring States period. The next anime we'll look at is Samurai Champloo, a fun and historical and somewhat strange offering from director Nabashin. This takes place around 1675 in the Edo period of Japan. In this period, the capital of Japan moved to Edo, later named Tokyo. It is a period of stability and prosperity. If you subtract out the hip-hop music, graffiti, and the rather strange behavior of Samurai Mugen and Jean, it provides a picture of life back then. There is very much a strong class system in play, with lords and samurai being near the top in a very much male-dominated society. 
The prosperity of the era is noted as characters often spend much time in tea houses instead of fighting. And connecting the past and present, we often hear of people traveling the Tokaido Road between Edo and Osaka, which today is the route of the popular Tokaido train line. We move on to the Taisho era of Japan, roughly paralleling the Roaring Twenties in the U.S. After Japan opened up to the West in 1868, they built up their military and fought wars with China and Russia to maintain superiority in the Pacific region. In the middle of this time frame is Steel Angel Kurumi. Wait, wait, I can, I can hear what you're saying. Have you lost your mind? Kurumi is a robot-made anime. This cannot be a serious discussion of history. You're right, it is a robot-made anime. However, there is a seamy underside to this story. The cute and zany Kurumi was created as the ultimate military weapon. Having a superior military weapon was a big deal for an army. Unfortunately for the military, Kurumi was totally interested in making out with nine-year-old Nakahito instead. Much of the series involves the military trying to reclaim the Steel Angels while we are taking on a tour of 1920s Japan along with really fantastic backgrounds and costuming. Another anime entry in the Taisho period is Haikara-san, Here Comes Miss Modern, set in 1920 Tokyo. The movie opens with 17-year-old Benio Hanamura riding her bike to school and commenting how great she looks in modern Western garb instead of the traditional kimono. Along with her best friend, they plan to take the world by storm as modern women. That is, until she gets home when her father proudly announces that her husband shall be Shinobu, an army lieutenant. What? That cannot be. She's a modern woman. She rejects the then Japanese custom of arranged marriages. But she has a plan. She is sent to the future groom's family to learn her wifely duties, and she purposely messes everything up so he will reject her. But as she does this, Shinobu falls even more in love with her, and then she ultimately falls for him too, and so much for the modern woman rejecting arranged marriages. But Shinobu is sent to Siberia to fight in another one of the wars that Japan fought against Russia in this period, and sadly he does not come back from the war. Eventually, Benio falls for her boss, Tosei. But Shinobu, who suffers from amnesia, comes back to Japan, married to someone else. Now we have the all-too-familiar love triangle, but that's not the story here. Ultimately, Benio marries Tosei in a church, and as he attempts to put the ring on her finger, the whole building shakes. The ring drops to the floor, and the building falls down. Talk about bad karma during a wedding. The subtitle then says, September 1st, 1923, Great Kanto Earthquake. All at once, every building falls down and catches fire. This earthquake, which we hear very little about here, was terrible. One of the worst earthquakes in history. Over 140,000 people died, more than Hiroshima and Nagasaki combined. Since the earthquake occurred during the lunch hour, everyone was cooking and... Well, there were no microwave ovens then, just open fires, and when the buildings fell down, the fire ignited the wood, and massive firestorms and even fire tornadoes broke out. What wasn't destroyed by the earthquake was burned up by the fires. The anime then flashes a real picture of the aftermath of the destruction, which was worse than anyone could draw in an anime. Japan remembers this event each year as Preparation Day. 
So what happened in the anime? Well, fortunately, everyone survived, but hey, no spoilers here. You're going to have to watch it to see how it played out. Finally, we have Grave of the Fireflies, which takes place after the bombing of Kobe on March 16, 1945. This is based on the autobiography of Akiyuki Nosaka, who lived in Kobe at this time. The horror depicted in this anime really happened, which makes it even harder to accept. At this point in the war, bombers started using incendiary bombs, which spit out fire when they exploded, which then ignited the wooden structures and created firestorms. The people who managed to escape first the bombing and then the fire then had nothing to go back to. No home, no neighborhood, no infrastructure, and no food. And so we see 14-year-old Seda and his 9-year-old sister Setsuko escape the fire, but their mother succumbs to her injuries. Their father is in the Navy aboard a ship. They make it to a relative's house, but the relationship does not go well, as the family is not accepting of two more mouths to feed. Seda eventually decides to leave. I had a hard time with this scene, as a lot of viewers in the West did. I find this at odds with what I always believed in that family ties are much stronger in Japan than in our society, and you did everything you could to take care of your kin. Evidently, this was not so in this situation. Seda and Setsuna relocate to a bomb shelter and use the money left by their father to buy food, but that eventually runs out, and stealing food did not work out either. Reading historical accounts, food shortages were a really big problem in the last year of the war. Without going into detail, you can see where this is going, and it does not end well. Despite the claims of military leaders, it is always the person in the street who suffers most during a war. Grave of the Fireflies is an anime which everyone should see, but be forewarned. Have an adequate supply of tissues handy, and it will be a very emotional experience. So when my wife admonishes me for watching Japanese cartoons, I can report that I am striving to learn about other cultures and to be a better citizen of the world. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Anime Boston podcast presented by the Anime Boston Convention. This is a volunteer effort and a labor of love and is presented to you by the podcast staff, Lauren Gallo, Bogulu, George Yazback, Mitch Stern, Nanvo, Olivia Keen, and Todd the Todd Father Whitney. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.